Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Red and Blue Podcast. We are. I know it's. We are back again. It's been a minute, but we are back. We're still here, guys. Don't worry. Yep, we've been going through about another two and a half weeks now, and we've had a lot of Premier League stuff go on. It's coming up with the Christmas fixtures, which we're going to talk about later. Um, the top four is still pretty close right now, and it's been an interesting beginning of the year. We're in December now, so it's almost the turn of the new year. We're recording this on December 20th, around 7 o'clock. It finally happened. Yeah, we have to get to the lead story, which is... It finally happened. It was a good reason. We were going to podcast anyway, but this was a this was a good bonus, uh, at least in terms of discussion. Uh, Manchester United, obviously, uh, Olam's team. Has fired Jose Mourinho as of get out of here. I think it was like uh, Tuesday or something. He got fired. Yeah, it was earlier this week uh, after the Liverpool loss. Um, I don't remember the caretaker's name, but uh, he did manage for Cardiff City at one point. So he's now he's managing for Man U until the end of the year. It's like Gunner Van something. I'm a mess up his life. Yeah, I think he's Norwegian. Yes, nor super Norwegian last name. I apologize for the listeners. We're, you know we're not super technical when it comes to the foreign names. But, but um, yeah, but he's taking over. And uh, yeah, our next, I guess we're kind of jumping in. But he, our, he his, the only team he's managed in the Premier League was uh, Cardiff City. And of course, uh, we're going to play him. Yeah, they're gonna play. They're playing the first week. We were talking earlier in the podcast how if he lost against Cardiff, he might just get fired after one game. That'd be hilarious, <laughs> man. It would be uh, that would the fans would riot. I don't know what the man- management would do. It would be it would be insane. Yeah, it's it's been some interesting reaction just to the Mourinho stuff in general. I mean, I want to give the floor to you because you watch this team every game. You've been watching them for years, and uh, they fired Mourinho. And uh, I guess my big my leading question would be like, what what now? Like what? What's the next step for Manchester United, at least for this year in the short term and, and then working into the long term? Well, it's really two things. Uh, for the listeners, you guys know I said on the last podcast that we were kind of at a crossroads and either one of two things were going to happen. We were going to – management was going to either stick with Mourinho and we were going to work it out until uh, the end of the season, fire him, go into the next uh, season uh, and see what happens. Or we were going to fire him mid-season. Something like, what happened, what happened? We would lose. Which I called. We would lose to somebody in a terrible fashion. People would be like, what the fuck? And then he'd get fired. And it turns out that that's what happened. All right. Now now that we're here, um, I was kind of explaining to Graham how I feel about it personally. Uh, I don't like it. Because, like I explained on previous podcasts, I don't know how much of it was really Mourinho's fault. But that being said, now that he's gone, it's really on this set of players to prove that, I don't know, they're still worth a shit and that he was really the problem. On the other hand, me personally, you guys, the listeners know that I kind of have really been looking at this group of players with the side eye just because I really do think they kind of quit on their coach. So, uh, for me personally, I'm not happy about it because uh, either way, we're either going to stink and my team is going to suck. Everybody's going to get shipped out <laughs> yeah. and then we reset, which is kind of what I want to happen. Or we'll do good. We'll be all right. We'll get a top four spot, go into next season, hire a new coach, and then it is what it is. The reason why I don't like the latter is because it shows that these group of players really quit on Mourinho, and I don't think that was fair. I, like He's a tough He's a tough coach, but like last season, it wasn't harm. It wasn't you know copacetic the whole way through. But more or less, it was it was much less of the dumpster fire this season. Yeah, was. they finished second, and we finished fucking second with one of our highest point totals ever. 
in Man U, at Man U. So it's just like, I don't really, I think that a lot of this, the turmoil this season was caused by internal dramas. You know, you hear the stories every week about Sanchez, you hear the stories every week about Pogba, you hear the stories every week about Lukaku. You know, players that we signed for a lot of fucking money are stars that aren't supposed to be like, oh, I want to be out, I want to go to Real Madrid. Yeah, I read a report that said four senior team players were thinking about requesting exits had he stayed on yeah yeah it was that bad and so again like i said on previous podcasts it, it came down to management are you going to side with the coach or are you going to side with the players they decided to side with their players which again i don't really blame them because it the pogba thing was it was you know he was going to go to real madrid by january <laughs> so yeah. so like i was telling graham i really think that this liverpool loss was just the straw that broke the camel's back i don't think i i think Honestly, they had made up their mind, and then this was just the excuse they needed to be like, oh, well, let's just fire him. That was bad. But, yeah, it is what it is. Going into the – going forward um, – excuse me, I need a, need some water here. Yeah, I mean, Man U has a couple choices going forward, at least for the short term. They can either try to buy more players and try to finish strong and get fourth, or they can try to maybe develop some younger guys and see what happens. And Well – what I was explaining or what I was telling you earlier is that I've, I've really, I've been kind of paying a little bit more attention to our youth squads and our under 18s are really fucking good. Like really good. We have a couple guys and the names uh, escape me at the moment. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you know what goes on at tree city, but um, it's just, I really think that maybe we should start looking towards our next batch of youngsters and maybe start building uh, teams kind of geared more towards youth instead of looking for the big name stars out right now. And again, I know people are going to look at me crazy. It's Man United, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. But a lot of firsts have happened this season. And I think we need, a, we, we as an organization and as fans of Man U need to kind of step back and look at what would be better for the future. Um, I know a lot of soccer fans probably aren't watching. Maybe you're watching other sports, but I would uh, I was comparing it to the Warriors. Let's just be honest. What what contracts are up, and what agents are going to come to the dysfunction that is Man U? Because I, I hate to say it, Man U. It's not the glory days. People don't want to just come to Man U like they did. All right. Now we to get to lure people, we're going to need a coach. For that to happen, they need to find a coach first, all right? We need to stop yeah. this Potch talk because he's bigging up Deli Ali and Tottenham every two seconds. He's not leaving, or at least not for the time being. So that needs to stop, all right? So we need to find a coach that can lure these players here. But until that happens and until I see it, I really just think that we need to start looking towards the youth, man, because let's be honest. It's the it's like the Warriors. I guess I never I never finished what I was saying, but it's like the Warriors. If you want to compare it to any other sport, we're not better than Liverpool. We're not better than Man City. If we're taking it net, if we're taking it nationally, we're not better than uh fucking Real Madrid. We're not better than PSG, who we fucking drew in Champions League. We all know yeah. that's about to be a fucking slaughter <laughs> with my favorite player Neymar. He might get a hat trick. So it's just like it's we're not better than these teams, and no players that we can lure at this point in time in my estimation will make us better than these teams unless and again unless our players just suddenly magically turn it on and i start to see something and if that is what happens cool menu's good we need a two or three more pieces and maybe we'll compete that's fine but in the short term i just think it really it really just shows how petty some of these players are and how willing they are to just throw people under the bus to get what they want. I like, we all know soccer players are divas, but this is just one of the few times I'm seeing it unfold. Like so close to home to where I'm really like, wow, you guys are, you guys don't care about like 
I don't know, things like tradition and things like, like we don't, like I was so, so convinced that Man U was on Mourinho's side just because of like, we don't, we don't fire coaches mid-season. That's not what we do at Man U. You know to what I'm saying? To be fair, Edward Ward's tenure as the board director has not exactly been uh, the best of ones. I mean, he's hired, you've, and you've said this, he's hired three coaches so far and they've all not worked out with uh, David Moyes after Alex Ferguson retired, then Louis Van Gaal, and then Jose Mourinho. Yeah, you're right. And again, that's the next thing that I was going to get into. I was just going to work my way up and start with personnel. But yeah, just starting with just, you know, saying, finishing that, I just think like we really need to maybe look towards the next cycle. Like, I don't think we're going to really be doing anything in the long term. And just competing is cool, but I would rather set ourselves up to where we can run the Premier League for the next 10 years as opposed to winning winning a cup or two and then just it is what it is cuz all these teams right now it's all good but all of us but you know the you know you win a say man city uh repeats again teams are going to come knocking people are going to start to think that they can carry their own squads the money well, yada 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 Things can happen. So I just think that we need to kind of pump the brakes and just see what happens because realistically, I don't think we're going to beat any of these teams no matter what signings we get or how many defenders we can sign because Lord knows we need them or how <laughs> yeah. many midfielders we can get. I don't think any of that shit can make us better than these these teams. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, then okay, cool. Man, man you will be man you and I'll, and I'll see it. But the way it, it's shaking out right now, I just really don't see – how we compete in the, in the short term. And it's really, it's really going to, you know, these next couple games, the Cardiff city. And then who's after that? Uh, we talked about it. I forget. I think it was Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah. And then the Huddersfield game. So we have a couple easier fixtures coming. So it'll really be up to the team to just show me what they have. And it's like, I, I guess me personally, I'm not going to be happy either way because of how I feel that they quit on Mourinho. As a man, you fan, I'm sure people are going to be ecstatic if we start playing well because then we can just shift all the blame to Mourinho and move on with our lives. But I'm, I'm, I just see a little bit more of the whole picture when it comes to what, what really happened with in the Mourinho era. Uh, and that being said, the next problem that needs to be addressed is Ed Woodward. And I was glad to see that a lot of the blowback once Mourinho was fired wasn't really coming on him. Uh, you know, man, you we're all about tradition. For the most part, we're a classy bunch. Uh, so it was glad to, I was glad to see that nobody was really trashing him. There weren't, uh, you know, it's meme culture. Weren't it, weren't a lot of memes for the most part. Um, they just kind of let him ride off into the sunset. And I think that's good. I think he deserved that. Um but that being said, we got to start looking at Ed Woodward. Like Graham said, the past three coaches, I think, have been his hires, and it hasn't really worked well. All of these teams have been compiled and put together by him. It's been his funds, all right? Now, I think he is the one that ultimately is making these decisions and capped Mourinho from doing some of the things he wanted to do. And I think a lot of the blame needs to come down on him next. And yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you can't hire you can you can only hire so many coaches before people realize that it's you that's having these issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they brought in expensive players that are not playing up to their performance. I mean, Pogba hasn't gotten has played well in spurts and shown that ability, but he also doesn't play sometimes. Some mm-hmm. of that was with Mourinho, but I mean, you have that happen. Then you have Alexis Sanchez declining as he hits hits thirty, and then you still have Fellaini that you resigned, who's not bad, but he's over thirty. And then it's just so many of these guys that. Man, you has and it's 
a lot of that was from Ed Woodward and you just, at some point you have to fire the guy making the decisions, not the one who hires the guy to make the decisions. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, it's been a couple coaches now. I think it's time that we get that ax and if, and we're here, I'm, I'm kind of mad we're here, but we're, we're at this point with man U. So he's next. He's, he has to be next moving forward, regardless of, of how I feel personally about these players. He has to go moving forward for us to be successful on any level. I'm convinced of that. I'm most of Man U's fan base is if you're a soccer fan, then you you've seen the tweets. Most people, you know, Man U fans alike and not alike realize that he's the problem. So um, I'm hoping in the coming weeks, uh, he'll uh, hopefully week, um, he'll be gone. Uh, and if not, then, you know, we'll see what happens, but and hopefully the Glazers come into town and fire him. Hopefully, 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 you know, they're, they're going to have double firings this year. Cause they got to fire the coach in Tampa Bay for the Buccaneers. Yeah. That, yeah, that's funny. They're going to have some fun flights, some fun flights, but, uh, Just doing one week. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, even if, if he's not, if he's not fired, then it's still going to be up to, I think, whoever we hire as coach to kind of pull in the reins for a lot of this. Um, again, we're I hate to compare it to other sports, but we're seeing it. It's more of a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Steve Kerr type coaches, like mm-hmm. uh, coach, uh, players coaches, quote unquote. Yeah. Like we're starting to see those guys and people who can really communicate with the players since it's – Nine times out of ten, it's a player-driven league. Those guys get the reins. They get the control. Yeah, I mean, the top four player teams in the Premier League all have those from Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp and then Man City with Pep Guardiola. And shout-out to Klopp because he didn't always used to be yeah. that type of coach. And sorry for Chelsea has really helped them. And then you have po- Poch, like you said, Bochettino for Tottenham. Right. And, it's, and again, shout-out to – because even, you know, Pep – and Klopp didn't always used to be those types of coaches, but they've adapted. Something that I think Mourinho was to his downfall. Again, it wasn't all his fault, but that was one of the things that definitely was his inability to kind of become a more players coach because that's what these that's what people want. So it's like that's what these stars want, you know. It's a, and you're seeing that across the board in every sport. So I do attribute that somewhat to Mourinho but at the same time I attribute it to the players because once you get on soccer unlike any other sport it's not like basketball it is kind of like basketball with plays but for the most part you can when you're out there you you do it's in your hands you know what I'm saying the coach Mm -hmm. can scream and yell from the sideline but you're the one playing you only got so many subs you know on every level so it is what it is to a certain extent so I just think that if that was really their problem with was how they were being dealt with tactically. You should have just changed it on the pitch and the results would have spoken for themselves. That didn't happen, which to me seems like they quit on the coach, which is why, to bring it back to home, which is why I kind of don't feel like I want any of these players on menu Going forward, I know it's not going to happen because clearly management has sided with the players, so that's what it is. They're going to bring in a new coach and see what they can do with these players. That's what, that's what I think is going to happen. All that other shit is what I'm want to happen yeah but what's realistically going to happen is we're going to go forward with the people we paid all this fucking money we're going to bring in a new coach bring in some more pieces and see what i can see one of them getting sold like maybe sanchez getting sold maybe maybe if somebody will get sold you know it is what it is but the majority of the team will stay which is not what i want because i think the majority of the team quit yeah but you know going forward we'll see what happens man it's uh i don't i think this this season is kaput 
Uh, we're facing fucking PSG, so that's done. Uh, domestically, we have a long way to catch fucking four. And yeah, Man U is 11 points behind the fourth place team right now. Like it, 11 points, and that's that's points we need to make up and points we need people to drop, which it doesn't seem like people are going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> which just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Now, again, I'm going to get into it when we talk about the Christmas Day fixtures, which is kind of a segue that I do think it'll thin out a little bit here with these upcoming fixtures. But that being said, it's so bunched up. I don't know where these points will get dropped. Will it be ties? Will it be lower level teams? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So if it stays bunched up, Man U could have ourselves a problem. So I don't, this season's kind of kaput for me when it comes to Man U, but uh, I'm interested to see uh, how it breaks down with the rest of the league because it is so tight and we've been getting some really good football from the other top four uh, people. Yeah, I mean, we just had uh, to transition a little bit. We just had two of the top four teams play each other. We had Chelsea and Man City play a week ago mm-hmm. and uh, Chelsea was the first team to beat Man City this year, beating them 2 nothing, And uh it was something that was not a shock. I mean, you weren't expect. I wasn't expecting Man City to go through the entire year undefeated. I'm sure. I know people were trying to compare them to the Invincibles of the the Arsenal teams. Yeah, and they're not, not. That's just so hard to do in the modern Premier League because there's so many good teams. There's so many and, games, and there's, there's so 37 many tournaments games, yeah. that you're in, like champions. It's, a, it's so cold. it was bound to happen. So City fans that are getting that are upset about this loss, it's not a big deal. It's one game. You're still in second place, only one point behind Liverpool, who have had a historic start. And unless they're going to do what Man City did last year and just run away with it, Man City is going to be right there for the title chase. And there's this loss against Chelsea was an interesting barometer because it shows how good our team is without some of our best players. We've had some people missing and some people injured, so like including uh, De Bruyne just came back in the in the Carabao Cup. And Bernardo Silva's out. So we were stretching ourselves a little thin to, in our bench. And I mean, that's no one's going to cry for that for Man City because they have so much talent <laughs> on the senior team regardless. But they lost a game and they're going to be fine. It's just they have to make sure that they are playing a consistent game and they have to make sure that they involve everybody and make sure that they really take care of the players because we've had a lot of injuries and can't afford them anymore. So, I mean... Man City pl- didn't play that well against Chelsea. They lost. Chelsea played a great game. Chelsea's in fourth place right now, yeah. but they could easily be in third coming up soon. They're not that far behind Tottenham. As of this recording, they are in fourth by two points. So it's really a fight for first and second. Tottenham's on the very outside chance of that. and then, But it's really between three, four, and five. There's five points between those three places. Yeah, it's really Liverpool, Man City, and then uh, the next group is Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, and then everybody else. Yeah, so I mean, right now that it's thinned out to a top five, and really it's a top three if you're looking for a title perspective. And Tottenham's like right on the outside of that. If they keep playing well and they draw games instead of losing games, then they could be right in the race for the title, or they're going to finish second or third like they always do. Can we just – I just want to acknowledge that I'm not – I'm not going back on what I said on the preview podcast. I still think Liverpool is going to fall on their face here soon. 
I still think it'll happen because they, they drop. They tend to drop games that they're not supposed to, and they haven't this year. And shout out to y'all. Yeah, they got through a tough stretch of games this coming. They this did. Recently. They did. Shout out to them. But the year ain't over, Liverpool fans. I'm not backing down. Y'all, somewhere you're gonna fall on your face, and Man City will take take back number hey, one. Yeah, I hope so. I don't. I don't like it any more than you do. But I, y'all already heard my 15 minute rant about Man U. We done. So that being said, you know I gotta give it to the champs across town. I don't see. I hate Liverpool. I don't see. I don't see y'all doing it. You, you guys tend to drop games, and I think it'll happen. I'm just, I'm just talking to y'all. Just watch y'all know it. Or the Ohio State of Mary. <laughs> no, I don't even hate they Ohio lose, State like they, that. But they lose games they're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Much worse competition. Much worse competition. And they haven't this year. Shout out to them. But I still think there's a possibility. So that'll be good for Man City. Man City is still playing well. They still have been getting great years from Raheem Sterling and. Uh, Bernardo Silva, when he has played, has played really well. David Silva has been playing great along with Fernandinho. Uh, J- the John Stones, Amir Laporta center back pairing has been amazing. That affords us to have people like Vincent Company and Nicolas Otamendi on the bench for a lot of games, and that's a great thing. And then uh, it's just uh, the left back situation might be something they have to handle in the transfer window, get a second person, because I don't know if you can trust Mendy at this point to stay healthy for a full year as good as he is. Nope. And you give him a chance to compete, obviously, but I think you should go for another left back in this window. I think there's two things you could do in this window. You could go for a left back backup, so that way Fabian Delft doesn't have to play it all the time. And then you also get um, just another midfielder, another holding midfielder that's always been on our list. And we need someone to back up Fernandinho so he's not gassing himself because he is 33 years old. So that's a big thing that City has to worry about if they want to compete, especially uh, in Champions League. I think in Premier League they're doing their, what they need to do, and they already they still have a plus thirty eight goal differential. I mean they've scored forty eight goals this year, which is eleven more than the next closest team. So they're going to be okay. It's just making sure that they take okay, they take this loss and they just they don't worry about it too much. So I mean I I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting top four. I and Chelsea could very well still finish third, and Tottenham could finish fourth. But Tottenham's also right on the outside, so anything could happen. I mean, and then we're going to have all these Christmas fixtures coming up. I mean, is this top, do you think this top four is going to stay close? I mean, I know you've been saying for a lot of time that you think it'll thin out eventually, and now it's become the time. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I definitely think it'll, excuse me. I definitely think it's going to thin out. I definitely think it's going to thin out. More than it already has, because it already kind of has broken down into like two tiers. Yeah, no, it'll thin out a little more. Because like I said, Liverpool, like you guys, this historic pace from you guys is not like, if it it happens, it'll be the first we've ever seen. Like this. That's not true, Man City at 100 points last year. Right, but I'm just saying, if we have two teams that like drop like a total of like two games, like that'll be insane. You know what I'm saying? I don't see that happening. You guys have to drop some games. Have to. Well, Man City and Liverpool will play each other at the end of December along with these Christmas fixtures. So they're going to be playing a couple games before then and then having to play each other for the third game out of like like a week and a half. That That's what I'm saying. They're, the head-to-heads will help. And just purely off the fact that I do not believe that any, any team can keep up this sort of pace. So aside from the top uh, two because that's who we're really looking at, Liverpool and Man City. Because um, I do, I truly do believe that you guys will drop a few more games. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Man U, hopefully we can pick up some points here because Lord knows we need it. But 
if, uh, you know, assuming we don't, like, I definitely think it's possible for Tottenham and Chelsea to slide a little bit and for Man City uh, and Liverpool to kind of, you know, thin out from each other, but thin out also from the from the three, yeah. four, five range. As a Man U fan, if you got within seven points of Chelsea as a successful Christmas, because you're down 11 right now to them. Yeah, I, we shouldn't lose. If you can gain four points on Chelsea, would that be... Would that make it more uh, capable of you guys being able to come back? Hey, if we can gain points on anybody ahead of us, I'm with it. Because we, again, I need to see it. Like I said, we haven't played up to top four standards. We have the talent, but we haven't played up to it. This we The only time we did was against uh, Chelsea before we shat the bed. But that, yeah. first, that first half was, was the only time I've seen it from this team. But that was under Mourinho. So who knows now? I don't know. Nobody knows what this team is going to be like now. So I can't really say that we even we're going to play like a top four team this year, which is, again, to bring it back to my point, why we should just fuck it. But it'll be interesting then for the rest of the table then, because Arsenal is only three points off of a Champions League spot and they've been in the Champions League for a few years now. So they have a chance to get in there and get that four spot and get back into European football. First year under Unai Emery, Arsenal's doing their thing this year. They're at least a lot more competitive. Yeah, I also... But and again, I was kind of talking about Arsenal earlier off uh, off air, but um, I also don't see them keeping it up too because internally, just this week, I've read a couple articles about uh, fucking who was I talking about Ozil oh, yeah, and Ozil. Uh, Mkhitaryan and how they're just having a terrible time over there. Fans are hating them because their play has been so bad, um, and it's just it sucks. But it's like I I don't really I don't see this Arsenal bubble staying um if anything i think arsenal is the team that we can catch on but after that i don't know if we can catch chelsea i don't know if we can catch tottenham i don't know if we can catch liverpool i don't know if we can catch man city that's the problem i arsenal i I think we can catch but i don't know after that so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how this christmas season goes with the top four it's for those who don't know, in the Premier League, a lot of people get breaks. The other leagues, whereas Man, whereas the Premier League plays like three or four games in a ten to twelve day span. Best league in the world. Yeah, so throughout <laughs> Christmas season, because there is Boxing Day as well in uh, in England, so there's a lot of those things that they play, like the Boxing League uh, tournaments always, ha- or the games always happen. Those are always exciting. So there's going to be a lot of games coming up. There's going to be a chance for twelve points to be picked up. And that could also be a big boost for anybody in the, like for Manchester United and for Arsenal teams that could try to get closer to that top four discussion to make this really a legit top six hand going in, or at least a top four or bottom four. Cause it looks like for the moment that it's going to be Liverpool and Man City fighting it out for the, for the title. Tottenham would have to make up, make up like three points during this time to be within like four, five points of those teams. And if they do that, then I think it's very possible because Tottenham has the talent. Yeah. But uh, get ready for – it's going to be some great football. But before we go, we have to talk about the Champions League because the Champions League draw just happened this week as well. And Fuck my life! Yeah, just, as if Man U didn't need any more help uh, bowing out of a tournament. They get probably one of the best teams left in the tournament with PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, the French team that is basically the dominant team there. That's like – it's like – I don't know how to compare this, but it's like the talent on this team, it's like otherworldly. You have Neymar, you have fucking Kylian Mbappe, you have Edison Cavani. Edison Cavani. You have Angel De Maria. 
Julian Draxler. Oh my God, the list goes on. The the, the talent, the depth, Danny Alves, the depth on this team yeah. is ridiculous. That Marco Verratti. That being said, uh, you know, Sayonara. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Man U can actually keep this in a thing and pull off a big upset. I don't know. If, I don't, I'm not going to say if we, one if way or the be, other. If we beat PSG, I will. I don't. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something. Crazy. That would be a big upset. I will do something crazy, like. Uh, and it's great because Man U and the other three Premier League teams with them all made it to the next round. All four Premier League teams that qualified made it to the round of 16. Best league in the world. Yeah. 25% of the teams in the league in left are Premier League teams. So that's great. Uh, City, we, again, we always seem to get lucky with these draws. It's this the year, especially. I, I mean, love y'all, man. It's some bullshit. Man City I'm playing sick. Schalke <laughs> in the round of 16. So that at least, that at least guarantee them. Pro- not guaranteed them. Schalke is not a bad team, but City sh- should be able to beat them and move on to the round of eight, where hopefully they don't run into Liverpool again. I'm praying. I'm praying because I t- I've, I said plenty of times before we started doing this podcast, I would always tell them the last team I want Man City to play in the tournament is Liverpool, and they came out. He was wondering why I was so mad, and then we watched the games, and Liverpool and, destroyed us. Yeah, I was honestly, I, and I'll, I'll take that out because I honestly was like, "What are you so worried for? Like, you'll be fine against Liverpool." No, well, you didn't know is no. Liverpool had the best front three in the world. Well, I did know that, but I was like, "Man, City's so good. Like, you guys can deal with it. Like, Pep will have you guys ready." Nope. <laughs> that offense is too potent for a lot of people. I mean, last year that Liverpool team was scoring on everybody. Yeah. So I mean, Man City. They did the best they could, but they to come back in the second leg. But it's good that they got this round of sixteen fixture, so that way they can feel confident going into the round of eight, trying to get past where they were last year, which I think they can do, and I think they should be one of the three favorites in the in the Champions League. But they got to start here with Schalke, and I think they can because they'll be getting people back soon. But it's that'll be an interesting leg because Schalke's not a bad German team. German teams are always difficult to play. Three German teams are left, actually. I said two when I was counting before the podcast. It's actually three because Schalke's German, along with Dortmund and Bayern Munich, who actually are playing the other. So three, it's three German teams versus three of the uh, English teams. Mm -hmm. So they just put all the German and the English teams against each other. (laughs) Because next we have Tottenham versus Dortmund. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be a really good game. And that's two legs. So that means we get two times to see these teams play these teams run up and down the court on it or basically run up and down the pitch they score a lot of goals they both give up a decent amount of goals i wouldn't shock me if each game's like two one like three two three three something like that and it's a really close game that comes down to just who can score the most on the road yeah so i mean because dortmund we have the u.s national teams golden boy christian pulisic mm-hmm. they have uh a former man city academy graduate in Jaden sancho who's been playing really well for them this year they have Tony. They have Marco Royce. They have a lot of good players. They're going to be an interesting out for Tottenham, but Tottenham has just—they have a lot of weapons too. Yeah, and they really, it, it, quote unquote, have had it like somewhat of a down season. They still really, thirty-nine points in the Premier still League. Still have thirty-nine points and really are starting to kind of hit their stride now. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they do against Dortmund. Uh, like Graham said, similar styles of football. So it'll be really, it'll, I think it'll be an interesting game. Um, I don't know. Sometimes when you get the same style of football, you think that it'll just, they'll run up the score and it ends up being like a really defensive. Hopefully it's like Rams Chiefs in football. Yeah. It just goes up and down the pitch. And and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes sometimes it turns it turns into a really low scoring game where the, yeah. where the, Deep, where the offenses are kind of are so potent that they're 
kind of planning for each other to go off so they just kind of are very timid about their attacks or or if it does turn into a shootout it's not until the second half and the first half is very just trying to feel out what each other is going to do uh that could very well happen too you never really know and that's why soccer is the beautiful game is because you know you have all of these stats and you have, you do all this preparation and you have all of these analysts, but you never really know how the game is going to unfold. You never really know how it's going to unfold once the players get on the pitch. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, We could get anything with these uh, football teams since they play so similarly. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be really fun to watch. I can't wait to watch that. Those fixtures, the round of 16 is is always a good thing to watch. Once it gets to these rounds, once it gets past the group stage, it's really interesting to watch these teams because you get to see some really great matchups. And as much as I said, fuck my life, I'm looking at it now. I'm thinking, I'm like, we could have a miracle man you right now because we have been good in champions this year. Again, it was all under Mourinho. So I don't really know how it's going to work now, but like if, if Pogba just unleashes the beast and goes off and we somehow beat PSG, there will be no water bottle slamming. <laughs> there will be no none, no water bottle slamming. That's still, that's like the one. I think that's the image that I have in my head of Mourinho the most is just him slamming those Gatorade bottles after the young boys win. Oh, for real. That was man. so funny. Yeah, man. Like there will be none of that. Like, and it's very possible. Like I'm that, again, and I'm kind of. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself now because I'm 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 hopeful that we go off, but that's just the man you side of me. The more logical side of me definitely is still like pissed at these players for what they did. But at the same time, like it's very possible that this could be what we need that Mourinho was really it. And these players turn it on, which I wouldn't doubt because of how like, you know, emotional these players are nowadays. They need, they need such coddling. They need to be in such an environment to operate and nobody felt comfortable under Mourinho. So if now we turn it on, Hey, I wouldn't be mad at it. I really wouldn't. Yeah, that would certainly be interesting. I mean, and then the last I mean the last group, the last game from the Premier League teams is probably the best fixture out of these four is Liverpool versus Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a crazy good fixture over those two legs because Liverpool's counterattacking and stuff is amazing and they're going to the land of the Gagan pressing where Jurgen Klopp was in Germany as the Dortmund manager. And started That's this a good whole point. thing. That's a good point. So Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich has a lot of German national team players who play a gegen pressing style most years. This past World Cup, not so much. And they showed elements of it, but that's what they've been known for for years. So it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool's uh, pressing and then going into the counterattack will work against Bayern Munich, who might be familiar with it. But Bayern Munich domestically has been struggling this year. They've had issues with their manager, Nico Kovac. And there's even talk that he's on the hot seat because they've been unimpressive at some points. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention next, is that I don't really, you know, people who know me or know of the podcast know that I don't really follow German ball that much. I follow Bayern. Right, but I have seen some rumblings from Bayern, uh, just some articles about how it's not looking so hot over there domestically. So, Well, they just have so many old players like Frank Ribéry and uh, Ariane Robin Mm -hmm. and like Sandra Wagner and like all these older guys that I've just... It's just not the same anymore, and they need to get those guys like Serge Gnabry more time, and unfortunately, Kingsley Coman's not around to help them, but they have a lot of talent. They still have a lot of great midfield play, as most German teams do, because that's just where they all seem to be, is great midfielders. Breed breed midfielders. Yeah. Germany is like the land of midfielders. I can't can't explain it, but 
they have that. They have good. They have pretty good defensive players. Although Boateng is getting older, and so is Matt Hummels. But uh, Liverpool's got a good team too. I mean, they still have that front three of Mane, Sadio Mane, and Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah. Not quite as potent this year. I mean, they only have 37 goals in, so far in the Premier League. I mean, that's still pretty good. It's just it wasn't. Everyone thought they were going to be like the highest scoring team in the league by a mile. Right. And that hasn't happened, but they've won their games. Although, except in Champions League, they made it. They did make it difficult on themselves in the group stage. Yeah, we thought they would almost get dropped. Yeah, I mean, they had to win their last game against Napoli. Had Napoli won that game, Napoli would be the second team in over Liverpool, and we would have laughed as a team that made the Champions League final couldn't even make it out of the group stage. Right. <laughs> so I'm excited to watch that because I'm a Bayern Munich fan. I watch a lot of Bayern Munich, so I, I hope I want them to beat Liverpool so I have no chance of having to deal with them as a Man City fan hmm. in the round of uh, eight. So Yeah, this is where we start to get some of the best football in the world, so I'm going to definitely watch every fixture, even though... Uh, and we have some sneaky good fixtures too, like Ajax against Real Madrid. Ajax is going to be good. no bullshit. I was literally just looking at that, like, that's going to be a good game, for I, real. I wish Ajax played any other team besides Real Madrid this year, because I think they legitimately could make it to the semifinals this year. That's they could game. be like that AS Monaco team that made it a few years back, because yeah. they have Frankie De Long and they have Matias De Ligt. Like that team has a lot of good young Dutch players on it, and that team is known for being a pretty good team. But this year they have the they have some world class talent, and they're getting noticed by a lot of big teams. Like Frankie De Jong's probably going to be gone after this year, yeah. and so will Matthias De Ligt. But for this year, until you're out of the Champions League, you don't sell those guys. And against Real Madrid without Cristiano Ronaldo, and they've still been pretty good this year. But it'll be interesting to see if Ajax can keep up with them. I, I haven't watched any of Ajax this year. So I don't really know much about them, but I know the players and I really want to see how that goes. Yeah, me too. Uh, same. I really don't know that much about them, but I know that they've been really good. And at least at the at the very minimum, they're going to give Real Madrid uh, a run for their money, who's also had their own problems domestically. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to see Ajax play. I wish they would have played like Roma or Dortmund or something like that to give them a better chance. But They'll still have a chance. I mean, Roma-Porto is a kind of a boring fixture. Yeah. It'll probably be Roma that goes through. Barcelona gets a lead to Keita Leon, who, I mean, did show some stuff against Man City, but it's a different competition now. So I've Barcelona will probably do well. Yeah. And then you have Juventus and Atletico is the last one, and that's going to be a great fixture, I would assume, too. So most of them are pretty good. There's a couple clunkers, but... Yeah, for the most part. And and even those clunkers could turn out to be pretty good games. Yeah. Roma's a really good team. That Roma Porter game could be could end up being all right. Yeah. I mean Roma's made it to made it pretty far in the last few Champions Leagues. They're a good Italian team. That's what I'm saying. So, so it could end up being an RA game and uh Atletico Juventus. I don't know why we didn't haven't talked about that game. But yeah. That's gonna be a really good that game. That game's gonna be a fun game. <laughs> that's gonna be a really fun game. Yeah. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo versus Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, man. And nobody even like that that's that. That Madrid team is good. Yeah, the Atletico Madrid is always under is always overlooked in the Spanish league because of Real Madrid and Barcelona. But the last five ish years with Diego Simeone as the manager, they've been amazing. That's what I'm saying. Nobody they've, that, been, they've been to the Champions League final twice before. They they're really solid, and Griezmann is having a Griezmann type season. Plus, they have Thomas Lamar, and they have Saul, and they have all Yannick, not Yannick Cross anymore, but they have a lot, so many guys, Jan Obok and Goal. They have such a solid, deep team that that'll be a fun fixture to watch too. Champions League is going to be great. I'm excited. I'm mad excited. Yeah, we breaking it down got me more excited. So yeah, a like, lot of I'm, good games. Lot we have four games. Premier League teams in. 
I hope we get brush up on our German because we're going to have to watch three <laughs> German teams. Yeah, for real. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. And, of course, we'll be back probably in a couple weeks after the Christmas fixtures, and maybe there'll be a Man U streak. Maybe there'll be a, a slide. Maybe there'll be so- something in between. But there's going to be an interesting coming up in these next week and a half, two weeks before we podcast next. Yeah, um, as always, you know we're going to – come and bring you the bring you the latest if anything crazy happens but uh you know expect us again couple weeks um this is where it really starts to get interesting it's the second half of the second half about to get into the second half ish of the season you know what i'm saying again i really start to think it's gonna thin out here it's gonna start to get really interesting uh when we're looking at we got champions league fixtures uh the stress the mental toll it's gonna start to take on these players again it's gonna start to bleed into uh uh domestic leagues you know what i'm saying i really believe that a couple teams are gonna start dropping points here or there look out for it these games are really gonna start to matter uh so i'm excited i really am i really am it's i look for us coming up soon uh we go to treecityrecords.com for everything. We go to the street team, right? Yes. Always, as always, join the Tree City Street team if you want updates on everything Tree City, podcast, sports. We have a crap ton of new music coming. I know we've been kind of MIA. Um, Ozzy's been steady dropping music, like three songs since the last podcast, for real. So definitely go check out. Uh, Jeff's done it. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, did I don't, did Jeff end up dropping a track? Or he he said he he was about to. Yeah, there's the one song that he has. I don't know if he dropped. Well, there's gonna be music coming out. There's a lot time. of music dropping, so just watch out. We got a bunch of hot tracks. Kid is doing his thing. Um, just on an MCO tip. Uh, I know I've been kind of MIA for the past couple months. Uh, part three, Nice Soccer Part Three is coming. I know I've been saying that for like a good month and a half, but I decided on dropping it 2019 January, super early. So everybody, just look for it for that January 2019. I'm gonna drop. Night Stalker Part 3, and then I'm going to look to drop uh, Sky King Chronicle. This is a tentative name. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but Sky King Chronicles Volume 2, probably February, March. Definitely first quarter, um, probably right around when we get Jump Force for all my anime people. So, yeah, just look out for that. Part 3 is hot. It's definitely some different shit. It's some trap shit, uh, just to keep with the Night Stalker theme, so everybody... Look out for that on my tip. Um, everybody, definitely, uh, if you fuck with football, keep listening to the Tree City uh, Sports Podcast with Graham and Andrew because they're definitely holding down their thing. They give us, you guys, a new podcast damn near every week, every couple days for real. Um, so definitely uh, subscribe to the Street Team and check them out uh, for everything football and baseball. Or not or baseball. Basketball. 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 Yeah, we have a basketball podcast coming up soon. And also, along with the sports and stuff, we have our gaming stuff as well at Tree City. The yes. Tree City, Tree City Gaming dot com. Twitch.tv slash Tree City Gaming. Yes. the link. That's another thing, too, that we're working on a lot of stuff in the new year. We got a magazine coming. Uh, when we're going to get back on the streaming. That's another thing that I was going to wait to kind of put out there. But fuck it. It's an exclusive on the fucking Red and Blue podcast. Um, but... Uh, dedicated streaming every week. Uh, for me, I'm looking at probably every other Monday and Friday. Um, cause I have those every Friday and every other Monday and then probably every other Sunday. Anybody streaming, anybody streaming Warframe? 
I'm gonna be streaming everything, man. Uh, on Destiny. Destiny. I think I'm going to start a Warframe account on my PS4 for. I'm gonna start like a like a, a kind of a video log for Destiny players who want to switch into Warframe, like a starter log. Yeah. Uh, so people, for so look out for that. I'm definitely gonna bring Destiny content. Um, a lot of new games coming out next year, so I'm gonna definitely stream Kingdom Hearts three. I'm gonna stream yeah, Jump Force. I'm gonna stream fucking everything. So like dedicated streaming next year. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. You're going to get that like every week, every week, no bullshit. I'm sticking to that schedule. And I'll probably be playing some destiny with Olam when we do for crucible. And then also I play a lot of call of duty, black ops four, I played blackout, the battle rail. So and check us out on there. And that's not just me. This is streaming across the board. We're getting G streaming, uh, Adam McCarley, another tree city, uh, tree city affiliate affiliate. I guess uh, he's part of the team, though. But he uh, streams Madden, so definitely look him up. He's on the site. Uh, so all sorts of content, all sorts of streaming content that's coming to you. We're trying to get that more organized again, first quarter 2019. So be on the lookout, man. Join the street team, and you'll get everything you need uh, sent right to you. Don't even worry about that, all right? A bunch of new shit coming. And uh, we appreciate all y'all for listening. We really do, man. Rocking with y'all. A uh, little longer podcast, but we... You know, it's been a couple weeks, so that's for y'all. Thank you for listening to the Red and Blue Podcast, part of the Tree City Sports Podcast Network. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace.